Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast. Hope you have an awesome day. And thank you so much for tuning in to listen today. So the local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast, our focus here is highlighting business owners, business leaders, entrepreneurs, startups, artists, and creators, artists who are just doing awesome things locally, digitally, um, with a hyper-focus on the DMV area and region. So I'm so excited. Um, of course, I'm Lisa, product launch expert, digital marketing, as well as consultant. Here we are. I have one of my good friends, Devon, here today. So I'm so excited to have him here, share his story and his awesome games and books with you. Devon, how are you doing? Happy happy day. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you for having, thank you for coming on. And like I said, this has really been great because I've learned more about your levels of awesomeness. I knew you were awesome, but there's another other level to your awesomeness. So this has been great for me. Uh, so thank you so much. So with that being said, I'm gonna jump into some more of the extra awesomeness that I found out as a result of bringing my friend onto the podcast. So here we go. Devon hails from Camden, New Jersey, Coastal, PA. He's an author, leader, producer, creator, as well as Devon has set his sights on creating pathways for diversity in literacy, media, and gaming. Combined with 21 years of experience in training in the entertainment and education field, Devon holds two NAACP Image Awards and has had the opportunity to appear in television on commercials and web series. In 2010, Devon decided to develop his efforts to foster in the future generations to become an educational instructor, teaching and mentoring you from Camden, New Jersey, the Bronx, New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and more. His bachelor's degree in theater and communication from Temple University in Philadelphia, PA, coupled with his international studies in London, England, at Northampton University, prepared him to strive in his many accomplishments, including development ADC Kid. In 2016, Devon started the first ever Children's Book Festival in Camden. In 2018, Devon uh, was awarded with the Martin Luther King Jr. Freedom Award, the Martin Luther King Jr. Freedom Medal Award, for the work he does in Camden County community. He's named the number one of the Black Enterprise 2018 Be Modern Man 100 Minute Distinction. And in 2019, Devon was received an honorary mention at the New Jersey State Governor's Jefferson Awards. He currently sits on the advisory board of a nonprofit called Arts Holding Hands and Hearts and has expanded his goal into creating party card games, one which one in which people can grab right now is called Verified, and you'll be talking about that today. So once again, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. So, Devon, a little fun fact. Not a lot of pressure. You're the first guy, uh, guest on the podcast. So how do you feel? I don't, I don't put any pressure. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, hopefully I, hopefully I, do, I do a great job for, all, for the uh, guys following after me. <laughs> I'm not going to be too scared. <laughs> And the irony, Devon, in this is that, you know, I've, I've worked in male-dominated fields, but I started to realize, and it was brought to my attention from some feedback, like, there's a lot of women on here. And so I will say, audience, is completely accidental, and I do plan to. And I've actually, I, I think I've talked to you about this, that we're, we're going to have more guys, particularly leading up to Valentine's Day, getting more of the male insight <laughs> on the podcast. So there, there will be more <laughs> men coming, ladies and gentlemen, because I love men. And, you know, so, <laughs> We're trying to be balanced. So there's not a lot, I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. Because you're going to be awesome. You're normally awesome. So this is just your normal level of awesomeness you'll be bringing. So when did you know that you had a love for games and, and um, theoretical production? Because, you know, I just know you in your current awesome state. So I'm curious about, you know, what was the journey to get you here, as it's, you know, in, in your childhood? Yes. Yeah, so when it came to, like, a theatrical 
theatrical things or a level of interest in theatrical things is really when I was younger. Uh, I lived with my grandma and also my dad. So uh, when my dad was away at work, my grandma would just basically plomp us in front of the TV at a young age and tell us to uh, watch different musicals. So like through Disney or um, Roger and Hammerstein and all those particular musicals like The Sound of Music, uh, Oklahoma, South Pacific, Annie. Of course, you get, you know, the Disney animation stuff too, as well as like Bambi and all that stuff. And that's how my theatrical stuff, sense of wanting to be in, whether it be theater entertainment or any type of form of entertainment, uh, came from that because I was always engaged through musicals. I really wanted to... I wish I could sing, but I can't sing <laughs> um, because if I could sing, I probably would do musicals, a musical theater, because that really captured me when I was younger. And then as far as when it came to gaming, it was more of, you know, I've, I think every young person, I'm not sure, but love some type of form of gaming. I'm more of a card gamer, more of like a physical gamer as far as like high and go seek or tag. But also you get people that like to play video games. That's not really my forte, but uh, definitely when it came to games, I was into like Uno, Trouble, Monopoly, those particular games that were out uh, when I was younger. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and to speak to that a little bit, I think you're a lot of fun, and I think the reason I say I, I asked the next question about how you were as a kid in terms of fun because you're so you have so much fun on Instagram. So where can just because of my next question before I get to I want them to be able to see all the fun you're having on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle again, Devon? So people can follow you and enjoy all the fun you're having on Instagram. Yeah, they can follow the game, uh, which is called Verify the Game. That's my Instagram handle for if you guys are interested in seeing all the, the crazy antics and the fun that goes on with people playing the game. So it's Verify the Game on Instagram. So, yes, Devon is a lot of fun. And also, you, you can follow, he, I think your brother and your mother play with you. So that's also, you get a sense of that everyone can have fun. So with that being said, how were you as a kid? Because you had a lot of, you're having a lot of fun, you personally, on Instagram. And it seems like you have been a lot of fun. If I was a kid, you would have been a kid I want to hang out with because you seem like you are a lot of fun. But also you're a lot of fun as an adult. So I think it's, <laughs> you've, you've been consistently fun. What, what, games that, what games did you play as a kid? And were you fun as a kid? I think you were, but I, I want to hear your interpretation of how you felt like you were as a kid. <laughs> well, um, a lot of my family members would say that I, I was very talkative. I had family members that would tell me uh, when I would come over, they would be like, oh, here comes Devon, because they, they know I would, like, just talk, 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 talk. And then, and when you get to know me, you'll realize that I am a talkative person. I like to talk. I believe in uh, communication and engaging people through speech. When it came to a fun thing as a kid, I, I would say that I'm very fun. Like I said, I like to go out. I like to, I like to play, like, things as far as tag. When I was little, I like to play hangle seat. Uh, me and my brothers and sisters, we used to always go – when I would come to my mom's house because I grew up with my dad. However, when I go to my mom's house and my other brothers and sisters were there, we would do this thing called, <laughs> we would do two different things. We would do a thing called, I forget what we called it, but it was almost like a, a mystery type of room thing where we would we would put like a bunch of stuff all over the room and we would t- turn the lights off and then we would like, okay, come in the room. And then you would be like stepping on stuff, falling over stuff. We would try to scare you or we would, <laughs> or we would take physical blankets and, and roll down the steps uh, even though my mom didn't like that because we was messing up her carpet. But so when it, as far as like being fun as a kid, I think I'm very fun. I like to have a lot of fun. I like to laugh. I'm a person that just loves to enjoy, you know, life. And when it came to games, I said before, like Uno, 
Monopoly, Sorry, Trouble, Connect Four, those particular games. I was I'm not a big video game person. I did play video games. However, I would say that when I was a teenager, I kind of went into like computer gaming a little bit, and I fell in love with with The Sims and also yeah. Sim City. So like that was my computer gaming time. <laughs> You had, we had this discussion because, you know, I love basketball. You had a short 2K stint, but I think, you know, some other family members, that took off with more so than you, right? Yeah, yeah. That uh, the, You said the 2K and all that stuff, like NBA 2K yeah. and all that? Yeah. You said you played it for a while, but I think you said you also some relatives also mm. started playing it as well. My dad it was very heavy into video games, so like a lot of my friends would love to come over and visit me just because my dad would literally play them in NBA 2K or NFL 2K. So I would play it here and there, but I wasn't. I'm not like I'm not a fan of PlayStation or Xbox and stuff in that particular mm-hmm. atmosphere. But like my friends would always want to come over just because they wanted to play my dad and 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 video games. So yeah, so we would play it every now and then. But I wasn't the biggest fan of that. I'd rather watch sports on TV instead of play sports on a video game. I, I agree. I think it, and you said Sims, which is, I think, more of a strategy game. That's sort of the things I like to, if, if I'm going to spend time. Cause Sims is a strategy game, right? I think I've played that, right? Yeah, so Sims is like a, um, so I think what got me about Sims is that particularly SimCity could actually build your own city. So I don't know if it was something to me at a young age. And I feel like a lot of people kind of went through this too, where we were just fascinated about building a city and seeing how you can, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, create your own city. Because I would like, I would play like Sim City, and then it was another game called Roller Coaster Tycoon, I believe it's called, where you can actually build like your own amusement park, and then from there it it simulated into The Sims, which is basically you building your own house and then acting like people or whatever. However, I would always use, which is crazy. I don't think nobody played it the right way as far as earning your way through the game. We would actually just go online at the time and look at the cheat codes and just try to make sure we would get money so we can actually build stuff. That makes sense. I, but I do like those types of games. It seems like there's strategy and world building. That seems a lot fun to say. All right. So with that being said, you, you were sharing with me at one point there's some nuance about playing Uno the, based on the rules versus Monopoly based on the rules. You think that – I don't know if that would be a helpful hint right now with the holidays coming and probably more Monopoly and Uno being played. You think that would be worth sharing with people? Uh, yes. Uh, on my quest of creating a game – um, myself with Verified, and then we also have two other games that I'm creating right now. But on my quest of creating a game, you have to really be specific and read details. And I actually decided to go back because you have to put uh, instructions in gaming, and I actually decided to go back and look at classic games like I used to play, like I said, Uno, Monopoly, um, and, those, and Trouble and all those particular games. And I actually read the directions and realized I wasn't playing the game correctly. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many people actually... Uh, read the game instructions. Uno, I don't know if this is just because of the newer Uno, and it might be different from the original Uno that was crafted. The purpose of Uno is to be the first person to get 500 points when playing Uno. So it's not about just going out and saying Uno all the time, but it's about you saying you go out and you say Uno, and then whoever left in the game, whatever cards they have in their hands equal points. So if someone was to have a zero card or one card, you get zero points for having zero cards because they go by that structure, and you get one point for having one the card number one. Or if you have like a, a reverse or something, you might get 20 points for that. So that's how the person collects the 500 points to, to ultimately win Uno. And then when it comes to, to Monopoly, it's more about monopolizing the real estate market. So it's about you taking over the real estate market and basically owning all the property 
in the area. I'm not sure if a lot of people kind of dig deep into the instructions, but uh, on the journey of creating my own game and, and having to make sure I understood instructions and read, I would I had to go back and read all the instructions. So then I realized I'm not playing this right. <laughs> well, thank you. This will probably be helpful the next time I play. You know, and I definitely want to look Monopoly different based on this information because Thrive was not something I would have thought about as it related to. But in the name, so you've won a lot of awards, Devon, and I, I really want to say I I'm in awe of that, and this makes me. Just think how extra awesome you are. So congratulations on all that. And what really, you know, made me think of a question as it relates to all the awesome awards you award. One, what award means the most to you? I, I was, I really thought about that Martin Luther King, the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Freedom Medal Award because it really reflects how you transform your community. But I was wondering if it was that award or others, and why is it the most? Why it means the most to you? Uh, yeah, um, the Martin Luther King Freedom Medal Award uh, does mean actually the most to me. And the reason for that is because it's the, the award is rewarded to people who have an impact in their community. And that's the goal that I'm trying to leave Like when I'm long gone. And outside of me creating uh, products and selling, whether it be books or games, to, to children or families, I also want to be that person that when I'm long gone, people always – say, you know, my name will always be in someone's mouth, whether it's like me, that like Devon helped me or Devon, you know, gave me an opportunity or Devon connected me with this person. So I, when it comes to that particular award, that award, award means the most to me because that's the kind of impact that I'm trying to leave, like a community impact. I would definitely say the Martin Luther King Freedom Medal Award is the most impactful for me. And I, I think a lot about the, the book there that you created, which I'm, I was a fan growing up at the library and Buying books. So I thank you for that. This one have a tremendous ripple effect, impact on young people. Because I remember how impactful it was for me as a young person to go to book fairs and go to the library. Thank you. Yeah, we, I tried. The purpose of, of creating the Children's Book Festival in Camden, New Jersey, out of actually, I was doing a program at the Ferry Avenue Library in Camden, New Jersey, where I would invite authors of color or just authors in general just to come in to to read to the kids, do an activity. That would be every first Friday of the month, and it ended up happening that there was one author that I met, and her name was Malika Nicole, and she just came to me, and she was just like, oh, you're doing a lot of work here in Camden, New Jersey, around, you know, literacy and, and authors. She was like, how about we should, we should, like, create a book festival in Camden? So, like, I wasn't – I didn't really think about creating a book festival in Camden right away. It was because of that spark that she kind of whispered in my ear as far as creating the book festival, and so me and her actually started the book festival together. We wanted to make sure it wasn't Camden because there is a huge book festival that happens and has been happening for like the last, I believe, 24 years in Collinswood, New Jersey, which is a wonderful, wonderful book festival. However, we realized even though it's right across the highway between uh, Camden, right across from Camden, I'm sorry, a lot of people might not trickle into Collinswood and vice versa. So we wanted to create a festival in Camden, New Jersey, where people look like us could actually be able to attend and, and not have to worry about crossing the highway to get to the other side to go to another book festival. Well, thank you so much for doing that. But also related to books, some books that piqued my interest, but they are targeted for children, but it piqued my interest in what it would do for young people, particularly as being a young person myself at one point who loved books, was I thought about two books in particular that I wanted to talk a little bit about. One was the Prada Enchilada and maybe Totally Activity and Coloring book. I thought that could be very helpful to parents, and I 
I know the young person, I enjoy coloring and activity books. And then the other one, what seems like fun, is someone helping to keep students and young people curious was the adventures of Prada Enchilada and the Seven Continents and their animal friends. I think you give young people an expansive view of the world and the animals and things that inhabit these continents. Would you like to speak on that? I think they're great books for times like these in the pandemic. Yeah, uh, those two books, it's, it's so funny because the Seven Continents came out of me. I used to also work within school system and the educational system, and I was in a classroom one day, and I asked, I believe I might have asked them where does a tiger come from, what continent does a tiger come from, and the student told me Africa. And so that's what prompted me actually to create the seven continents because I had to tell the student, like, you're close, but you're not close. It does start with an A, but it's, that's not the right A continent. And so I would have to let them, you know, I had to basically tell the student that a tiger actually comes from Asia. And so that kind of prompted me to create Prada Enchilada, the seven continents, to show kids how to identify objects, utilize basic math, and also learn fun facts. So that's the fun fact for the student that they will learn that the tiger comes from Asia and then also learn that Asia is one of our biggest continents. So the adventure of the Pride of the Seven Continents goes from the smallest continent to the largest continent, and then it shows particular animals that habitat those con- that, um, that live on those continents. That's what prompted that book, and it's a great book if you have any young ones that love the continents or love anything about the world or love animals in general because you learn fun facts about different animals on those continents. And then the activity book came out of being at events all the time and actually selling the Ventures of Potter Enchilada books. And a lot of parents would come up to me like, do you have any activity coloring books? Uh, do you have anything, you know, that my kid could uh, take a crayon to and color? Because we love your book. We love your regular books. However, my when we buy them, my child always wants to take a crayon and color in them. So uh, instead of we instead of us messing up the, your regular books, can we get an activity book? And so the activity book was born out of that. Oh, that's awesome. And I think you mentioned besides the continents, there's some material that kids can explore the different planets and our galaxy. Yeah, so I have – it's another book in the Prada Enchilada series. There actually are – I believe there's four Prada Enchilada books in the series currently. Uh, the other one is called The Eight Planets. That This book takes you from, this particular book takes you from the planet furthest from the sun to the planet closest to the sun, and it gives you fun facts again. It allows you to utilize basic math skills. Uh, that's the premise of Prada Enchilada is those three key elements, which is utilize the basic math, learning fun facts, and identifying objects. That was the whole premise of Prada Enchilada, but also interactive type of book where kids can actually see how many, whether it be in the planet Saturn, see the different ice and rocks that are within the ring, and they can count how many are there. I created that book as well. Um, however, we do know scientists just discovered a ninth planet, so I'm pretty sure the book will be updated sooner or later once they get that ninth planet, once they give that ninth planet a name. But as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, there's just eight planets. I know some people always when they come to me and they see or they see the book and they're always like, oh, what happened to Pluto? Pluto's not a planet. I'm like, no, Pluto is no longer in our solar system. It still exists because it's not like it didn't disappear from the galaxy, but um, it just doesn't, it's just not no longer in our solar system because it's too small to um, actually be classified as a planet in our solar system. 
It's currently went to like a satellite or a moon, correct? Is that where Pluto is now? So they consider Pluto to be a dwarf planet. Yeah, so basically they don't call it a planet. It's a dwarf planet. So it's just since it's not big enough, it doesn't have a, the mass is not as big. So they just basically, I would say, demoted it to <laughs> to a dwarf planet. So it's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Okay, it got the pink slip from being a planet. <laughs> like <we're gonna> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, poor Pluto. Send some love. Okay. With that being said, I think those books are great in general and even for the holidays for stocking stuffers. So the holidays are upon us. Are there other books from – I know you have a breadth of other awesome authors who you like to, you know, add to our, you know, gift boxes for the young people. Do you want to talk about some of these other awesome inclusive authors for the holidays that you think about? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so I, as for other authors that I would love to kind of – Shout out. The first one would be Aisha Toomes. She has a book series called Nerdy Bunny. It's about uh, the bees and pollinating and all that wonderful stuff. So if you have a child that's interested in bees and learning more about bees, Nerdy Bunny would be an excellent, an excellent series for them. There are, I believe she has a few. The series itself started as a chapter book series. However, she does have a child picture book series as well. And then Shantae Douglas, she has a series called Echo Boy and ABC Girl, which is focuses on two young children around the autistic community because I know her son has autism. So that she built a book around superheroes that have autistic, that are autistic or have a um, disability that are basically saving the world or helping things, helping people and figuring things out and all that wonderful stuff. And then also a young lady named Mecca, her and her son, Asil, they created a book called I Can Read So I Can Lead. So he is a he's an advocate for literacy in the community of Philadelphia, and he built a book around teaching kids how to read and inspiring kids to want to read through, like, superpowers as far as similar to, um, I don't know if you ever saw the show Super Y, where they teach kids how to, like, read through, like, letters and identifying words, so things like that. And then the last one will be Kimberly. Her book is called uh, Who's My Daddy? Uh, but no, wait. Where's My Daddy? Or I'm, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. I believe it's called Where's My Daddy? And her book is basically around a child when you lose a parent, uh, basically those questions that they ask like as they get older, like where's my dad or where's my mom? So her book is around. It's called Where's My Dad? So those are great books I think would be wonderful for parents and, and different subjects and topics to talk about if their kids are interested in any of those particular um, subjects. Thank you so much. I think that will be great, especially with the help parents do some easy Christmas shopping. Now, you recently developed a very cool game called Verified. Where did the idea come from? Hello, everyone. I thank you so much for tuning in to the first part of our two-part podcast. Once again, this will be part this is part one. There will be part two. So we're excited to bring you to that. Also, I want to give you a little um, note. You can always follow us on DMV Business Leisure Podcast on Instagram. Also, we are now on Facebook and local DMV Business Leisure. So on Instagram, we're at DMV Business Leisure Podcast. And on Facebook, we are uh, local DMV Business and Leisure. And also, please follow uh, Devon at Verify the Game uh, on Instagram. There's a lot of fun he's having, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. Um, and also, I think there's some more information about upcoming projects and things like that. So stay tuned for part two. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.